Hey, yo, Substackers, how you doing? It's your boy, Corey Ryan Forster. It's a park rant, and please forgive me. If you're, if you're not at all interested in hearing me gush a little bit um, about some things that are going on for me, or if you're not comfortable with me basically uh, getting down on my hands and knees and praising you all for how much you've helped me, then you can just skip this park rant, okay? This is, uh, this is truly one that is maybe more for me than it is for y'all. But I just wanted to say, I'm really feeling the love today, man. I'm really feeling the love. I'm really feeling just so good about everything that's going on. And in my opinion, uh, at the end of that rainbow is 100% y'all. Like clearly, it, it, it doesn't matter like, you know, oh, blah, let's say hypothetically, blah, 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 I'm a talented person, that's great. Okay, sure, that can open up some doors for me, but none of it matters unless I have a loyal fan base and people who support me. I mean, literally, there's like it, <laughs> that, that's just so true for all of entertainment. You know, like if you were great, but nobody cared about you or liked you, it doesn't really matter that you're great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Granted that, you know, I don't know that that could happen. Usually when you're great, people do care about you and like you. And by the way, I'm not sitting here suggesting that I'm great. All I'm suggesting is that I inarguably have the greatest fan base of all time. Not only me, but the well-read comedy tour, me, Trey Crowder, and Drew Morgan, y'all have just been amazing from day one, from, I mean, I think this tour, you know, granted, we're not touring right now. Uh, we've got some shows in December, sure, but we've been a little bit on the lamb. I haven't been touring, Trey has been, Drew's been doing some shows and whatnot, but I've been, you know, y'all know what I'm doing. I'm trying to raise a baby, and uh, as much as it pains me, because, well, I say it pains me, I love stand-up comedy so much, y'all. It is my it is my lifeblood. It is the thing that used to get me out of bed every morning, or you know, let's say it used to get me out of bed every afternoon. Um, and if I could teleport, if I had the ability to teleport and just be at my house one minute and on a stage the next minute, and then poof right back to my house, I would literally do stand-up. 365 days a year. I would do multiple, I would do five shows a day, 365 days a year. But that's not possible. In, in order to be a stand-up comedian, there has to be the travel aspect of it. And that's the thing that I've been struggling with as of late because I, you know, I don't wanna leave my kid right now. I just don't. I'm, I'm like super into being a family man and a dad and the best husband that I can be. And if you know me, if you know me, aside from just like knowing my work or my personality on these podcasts, if you know me in real life, you know that whenever I decide to do something, I, listen, I, I can't guarantee that I'll be the best at it, but I can guarantee you that no one will work harder to be the best at it than me. It's how I felt about stand-up comedy. It's how I feel about writing, even though I know I'm a far cry from the best writer, but 
I write with the knowledge of I'm trying my hard to be the best. And if I fall short, that's fine, but I'm still trying. And I'm taking the same approach to being a dad. And I will be honest with you, as much pride as I've felt doing stand-up comedy and you know holding an audience in my, the palm of my hand for 30 minutes to an hour or whatever, as much pride as I've felt in that, I've literally, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I've never felt more pride than the pride I feel being a dad and a husband. And to be fair to my wife, I don't know that that second part was always true because we, dude, me and my wife got together two weeks before my life changed forever and the well-read comedy tour hit a stride and I was gone forever. And like, I'm not going to, now granted, we weren't married that whole time. We've been married for five years. The tour has been going on for seven, almost eight years. But I'll be honest with you, there's, I, I, I'd be, I would be just lying my face off if I didn't sit here and tell you that me and my career came 100% first in my marriage. And my wife was cool with that, you know. I was out making a good bit of money and she, my wife is the coolest person on earth. She's super independent. So it was fine that when I was gone for two weeks at a time and I was only home for three days, it was totally fine with her that I slept it off and recharged my batteries. I'm not saying that it wasn't hard on her. It 100% was hard on her. But she did it and she didn't complain. Um, at least not to me at least, which is the most important thing, you know. But having the kid sort of made me reevaluate, okay, sure, your number one job is raising this kid. However, we gotta take care of mama because as much as you rock at being a dad, you have to understand that this is inevitably going to be harder on the mom because there are some things she has to do that you literally can't do. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I can split everything. We can split everything about the kid right directly down the middle, but at the end of the day, it's not wreaking havoc on my body. You know what I mean? It, I'm not having to pump. Now, I'll tell you this, and my wife knows this, I totally 100% would if I could take that burden, and I'm not trying to sound like a good guy, I just love my goddamn wife. If I could take that burden off her, I 100% would, but I can't, you know? And I do think that there were probably times at, at the very beginning when we were all, you know, we were just in the heat of things and no one's really thinking. You're just kind of like, you, you're one foot in front of the other. You know what I mean? You're not thinking about the bigger picture. You're just like, what do I got to do now? That I wasn't necessarily considering, holy shit, however hard you think this is for you, mama has to pump. And mama also just went through this birth and had to have surgery. Hey, bro, you need to step up. You know what I mean? You need to step the fuck up. And I know this all sounds like <laughs> that I'm just bragging on myself and I'm not. And ultimately I want to get back to talking about how much y'all hit for me. But my point is, is that I've taken a lot of pride in that and it's made me so happy. Like every day that I can crush as a dad and a husband, I literally feel like I just walked off stage at Austin City Limits to a standing ovation. It genuinely feels that way, which is good because I certainly miss walking off stage at Austin City Limits with a standing ovation, I'm not gonna lie. And it's a bummer, it's a super bummer that with the career that I have, the, the stand-up part of that career, it's a super bummer that you literally can't have it both ways. 
you know, like I, my goal, and I've put, I put this out in the world a thousand times, my goal is to, when my son's old enough to travel and it's not that big of a deal, to have my family, hopefully, you know, I can get it to where my wife don't have to go to work no more. And, and, and we can travel in an RV and do stand-up comedy and be just happy-go-lucky and I can do both. I can be a dad and go on stage every night, but that ain't the reality right now. Can't do it. Uh, and I don't want to miss these early, early months and years because he's changing so much. Obviously, when he gets grown, I'll feel more comfortable leaving. But like, he ain't said his first words yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? He ain't even fully giggled. Uh, and we only just now gave him corn for the first time, which did not hit for him. But I'll be goddamned if I miss him eating bananas and smiling. It ain't gonna happen, right? You understand me? But like, y'all have been there for me and with me through all of these life changes. Dude, there's some people, I started doing stand-up 20 years ago, and there's people that subscribe to this Substack that were there in the early years when I was doing my open mics and we met in Chattanooga and y'all were just like, you know what, there's something about this Southern Dumb Dumb that I just dig. And there have been people with me, I started when I was 16, so and I'm, and I'm about to be 36, so if you were with me from the beginning, you've literally seen me grow up, man. I have a lot of older fans because those were the people that used to come to the comedy catch. They had an older demographic. And I've had people that have watched me grown up just like I was one of their kids. And, if, and, and that means so much to me. And, and my comedy career has dovetailed with the most formative years of my life, turning from a petulant crybaby dipshit child into what I hope at least passes for a man, one that cares and one that takes responsibility for things at least. You know, I, I'll be the first to tell you that in my 36th year around this earth, I'm only just now growing up. And yeah, there's part of me that's ashamed about a little bit, bit of that, but there's part of me that was like, hey man, ain't no point in growing up until you have a fucking kid. Hell, what was I worried about for the last 35 years? You know what I mean? But I'm proud of myself. Good Lord, Corey, you're doing a therapy session. I'm proud of myself that when the kid came, I was like, all right, dude, it's time. But I couldn't have done none of this without y'all. Without the support of my fans who have, no matter what, I ain't heard, I, and I'm, not, I'm sure that it's out there and I just didn't see it, but I ain't heard word one from any of y'all that was like, hey, fuck you. If you're not doing stand-up, we ain't in. That's the thing you do. You're supposed to come to my city every year no matter what no matter how you're feeling or no matter what responsibilities you got in your life you're supposed to come here and if you don't you are worthless to me i ain't heard none of that shit. and again if it was said it was completely overpowered by all the support from each and one of y'all each and every one of y'all who was like hey brother we'll be here when you get back do your thing you know what i mean and uh that <laughs> That means so much to me. Y'all have no idea. Like, I, oh, God damn, I'm about to cry. I, I've had to, I, I, listen, I'm not going to sit here and act like being an entertainer and a comedian is like being a coal miner. It certainly ain't. You know, I was just on uh, the Dan Lebitard podcast, or Stupidity with Stu Gotts, which, by the way, y'all have no idea how much of an awesome opportunity that was for me. I've been a fan of that podcast for so long. I'm a huge fan. Those dudes are as famous as you could be to me. And to be asked to do the show in support of the book was unbelievable. And the first thing I thought of was like, 
dude, my people have got me here. My people have got me here because when stand-up was outlawed during the pandemic and I started doing dumb shit videos on the internet, my people were like, hey, I know we can't come to see you in the club, but these videos are funny and we'll share them and we support you. And, you know, we understand that you have to do things different now. And that's 100% why I got the book deal. I didn't get the book deal because I was a hilarious on-stage comedian. I am that. But that ain't why I got the book deal. I got the book deal because the book company realized I had a rabid fan base that were into the things that I were doing on I was doing online, which was a a switcheroo from what I normally did that was necessary because of the pandemic. You know, and y'all were there for me. And I got to do fuck I got to hang out with Stu Gotts and Billy Gill and Mikey A today. And man, I'm sure that when you listen to it on Stupidity when it comes out, you can totally tell the glee in my voice because it meant a lot to me. It meant so much to me to be recognized in that capacity on a, on a, a high-rated show that wanted to have me on to talk about a book that me and Trey wrote that, again, would not be possible were it not for y'all. And on that, I, I, I listen to Stupidity every week, and on that podcast last week, um... They had Neil, shit, he was on ESPN, and I can't, um, Neil Everett, Neil Everett, who who was like one of the ESPN anchors when I was growing up. Like, I love Neil. I just forgot his name for two seconds. It was a brain fart. But Neil was on there, and he was talking to Stu Gutz about sports journalism and sports broadcasting and how much fun he had doing it. And him and Stu Gotts were talking about like, man, I almost feel like I need to do this. I need to do my job with a ski mask on because it feels like I'm robbing people. It feels like there's no way that I should be able to do this. And I related to that so much, man. I related to that so much. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and act like being a comedian or entertainer is being a coal miner. But there are hard parts, of course. But at the end of the day, it's so much worth it because this is what I love to do. And at the end of the day, I always say like, we get paid for the bullshit parts. We do the rest of it for free, bro. We do the rest of it for free. When I'm doing the show, when you're there watching my show or you're listening to the Substack, that part I did for free because I love doing it. The bullshit part, and frankly, I ain't gonna lie to you, again, don't wanna feel woe is me or whatever, but there is a lot of shit that I, I straight up did not sign up for. You know, like, like I know when, when most people were complaining about their job, like some people were just like, well, if you didn't want to do that, why'd you get into it? Well, I will say this. I will offer this up. Um, stand-up comedy and being an entertainer right now is insanely different than when I signed up for it. There was no, <laughs> there was no such thing as having to get on social media every day when I first signed up to be an entertainer. I signed up for being an entertainer. Uh, back when it was just, you write your jokes, you go tell them every night, that's it. You know what I mean? (laughs) And obviously, uh, it would be insane for me to act like social media has not been a huge help for me. It totally has, but also there's a lot of bullshit that goes into it. Like, I do so much more paperwork now (laughs) than I ever thought that I would do. Like I I got into being a comedian because I never wanted to do paperwork, but now you know, you got podcasts, you've got LLCs, all this. I'm doing a shit ton of paperwork. I didn't sign up for this shit. But at the end of the day, it's so worth it because what it says on my tax return is not, uh, it's not paperwork doer. It's comedian, it's entertainer. 
And the only reason that I am able to do that is because of you listening right now. You make that possible. Whether it be by subscribing to this Substack and paying money for it, which by the way, obviously, I appreciate y'all so much, or subscribing to this Substack and not paying for it, I appreciate y'all just the same. I surely do. Or if it's just you follow me on social media and you hit a like every now and then, and it puts my numbers up just one more like, or one more view, or you share it, or you tell a friend, hey, I like this guy, and since we're friends and have similar sensibilities, I bet you would like this guy too. Dude, I probably have the most of my fans from just one of y'all saying, I like this guy, I bet you'd like him too, and you have no, God damn it, I'm getting into my feelings right now. You have no idea what that means to me and how fucking cool that is and how privileged I am to be sitting here shouting all of this out into the ether knowing that there are thousands of people listening to it. That is crazy to me. And I hope more than anything that I never go a day where I don't recognize how insanely awesome that is and how insanely blessed I am. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I got to do one of my favorite podcasts in the world today. Then I'm flying out to LA to hang out with Mario Lopez and do his show to promote a book that HarperCollins let me write. That is crazy, y'all. I'm a fucking redneck from a Civil War town who just had a goddamn dream. And yes, I've had a couple beers. Why do you ask? (laughs) We're going on a near 20-minute promo that I'm cutting on just how much I fucking love y'all. And I'm telling you right now that there are times when my ego gets the best of me and I think that good things come my way because of how great I am. But then I realize at the end of the day, no, it ain't. Good things come my way because people like y'all promote me, enjoy my shit, (laughs) read my books, subscribe to my posts, and are just here with it, man. And I love this Substack so much because I feel like I've gotten to know each and every one of y'all. Maybe not each and every one of y'all, but at least the people who commonly, you know, comment on things or whatever. And it's just been awesome. And and I hope that y'all don't ever think that I'm being disingenuous when I say that. And that's why I wanted to take 20 minutes of the afternoon before I get back and cook my baby. Uh, well, cook my wife. Well, she my baby too cook her some hamburgers, and rock my baby to sleep. I just had to let y'all know. And frankly, I think a conversation like this for me is long overdue, and I hope to make it a more frequent thing. Though I don't know how much longer I can go on without crying. Thank y'all and God bless you, man, for the dreams that you have let me live. You know, I was brave enough to dream them, but y'all are the ones that have helped me realize it. And it is just so cool knowing that, of course, I most do. I know good and well, and this is fine, that, that of all the people listening to this right now, there will be some of you who will eventually fall off the Corey Forster chain. It's natural, it happens. One day I'll say something that pisses one of y'all off, even if I didn't mean to do it, even if it was just a slip of the tongue, or even if it was just ignorance, and I didn't even really know I said something bad. One of y'all, at least one of y'all, I'm doing the freaking Jesus Christ Judas thing. Before the end of the night, one of you will betray me. Of course that's true. But a lot of y'all are gonna be here when I turn 40, when I turn 50, when I'm 65 and my kid is, Jesus Christ, he'll be, I'm 36, when I'm 35, Lord God, y'all, I've gotta 
keep getting in shape <laughs> because I'm gonna be papa age when my kid graduates high school. But a lot of y'all are gonna be here with me for the rest of my life. And that's amazing and I love it. And I'm telling you right now, I feel one, so privileged for that. So privileged for that. And I hope y'all know that even though I'm only now saying it this one time over the course of how many audio posts I've made, I hope y'all know that not a day goes by that I don't think about it and that I'm not completely appreciative of you and love you from the bottom of my heart. Okay, I'm literally going to start crying, so I need to leave now. Uh, thank y'all for everything. Thank y'all for pre-ordering the book. Thank y'all for listening to Putting On Airs and Well Read. We just did our first in-studio thing with all things comedy, and it looks really cool, and it looks clean, and that's another thing that I'm so proud of is that we're with an awesome network. It's just things are going so great, and uh, I can't sit here and act like that's all because of me. I love y'all. I'll talk to you uh, tomorrow or maybe the next day. My niece goes back to school tomorrow, so I'm definitely gonna go take her uh, some ice cream. Love y'all, bye.